You are listening to the Akron Abide Bible Study Podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Abide. And we're back on another edition of the Akron Abide Bible Study Podcast. Thank you so much for making us part of your day today. My name is Michael Moose, and we are continuing our series on the mind once again, transforming our thought life one thought at a time, how to think biblically and think with victory in the Christian life. And in doing that, we've been dealing primarily with Philippians chapter 4, because in Philippians 4, we're actually given the instruction manual on how to have victory over stress, worry, and anxiety in our life. And it's pretty cool how he does it. He breaks it down verse by verse. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 8, we are told that we have victory over worry in life. In Philippians 4.13, we are told that we have victory over weakness. And in Philippians 4.19, we are told that we have victory over want in the Christian life. And we looked at Philippians 4, 5 through 8, and Philippians 4, 13, um, then the weeks before, but now we're going to deal primarily with Philippians 4, 19, how you and I have victory over want in our life. Now, the key thing to experiencing Philippians 4, 19 in our life is contentment. It's being content no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. Notice what the Bible says in Philippians 4.19. The Bible says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's an awesome promise, right? God will supply all of our needs in life according to God's riches. It's an amazing blessing that we have. But notice, the Bible doesn't say that God will supply all of your greeds according to his riches. No, it says needs. God doesn't want you to be greedy whatsoever. Greed does not lead to contentment. Greed leads to loss, not victory. If we want to have victory over wants in the Christian life, it takes contentment. Contentment is being at ease where you are and being thankful for what you have. That's the definition of contentment. Now, contentment doesn't mean complacency. No, it means learning to be satisfied until God gives you more. You see, God's riches are unsearchable. He will provide. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. But he's not going to give it all at us at once. He takes it a day at a time. He will supply all of our needs according to his riches. Amen. It's being content no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. That's what Adrian Rogers said. He said this, contentment is an inner sufficiency that keeps us at peace in spite of outward circumstances. Literally, contentment brings peace in our life. Circumstances can be going bad. Things can be not looking good at all. But if we are content, we will be at peace. Contentment is vital. And the Christian life. So that's what we're going to be looking at here today. And we're going to look at three points on contentment and how to apply it to our lives. Number one, I want you to notice the significance of contentment. Why is contentment so important? Why do we need contentment in the Christian life? Well, number one, contentment was actually the key traits for the Apostle Paul's joy and secure minds. The Apostle Paul was content. The Apostle Paul had joy when he wrote this letter to the Philippians, but during this time, he was in prison. He was on house arrest, chained to a Roman guard. Things weren't looking good for Paul at all, but he was content and he had joy. It was the key to him being joyful no matter what. And that's the same way with us. It takes contentment. And literally, being content is a blessing in the Christian life. That's what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.6. The Bible says there, But godliness with contentment is great gain. 
walking in the Spirit, spending time with God and being content is a great gain and a great blessing to you. Being content is a blessing. It's awesome. Contentment is a key trait in the Christian life. Now, lack of contentment brings a lot of issues for you and for me. Honestly, discontentment leads to stress in the Christian life leads to stress in general. Throughout the Bible, we see that to be true. Um, in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, we see time and time again the effects of always wanting more. We find out in Proverbs that it brings more fatigue in your life if you are discontent. Because if you're always wanting more, you're always working harder, and you're tired all the time. And being tired is a symptom of trying to do too much. But the Bible says there, Proverbs 23, 4, "...labor not to be rich." cease from thine own wisdom. You see, we want to work, 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 but we do that because we're discontent. And God says, labor not to be rich, work for the Lord, do things heartily for God. But if you are doing things heartily for God, you're going to rest in his presence as well. So it's not going to bring that much fatigue, but always wanting more will lead to more fatigue in your life. That's what the Bible says. But not only that, it brings more expenses in your life. It always costs more to have more. The more money you have, the more money you have to spend, right? All those rappers around will say, more money, more problems, right? You have more money, you have more problems. Being discontent, it leads to more expenses. Ecclesiastes 5.11 says, when goods increased, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? That verse is talking about the fact that um, when goods increase in life, if you get more money, you're going to have to spend that money on other people. If you get more money, you're going to have to pay for more people in your company and so on and so forth. More money brings more expenses. But not only that, number three, more money brings more anxiety. The more money you have, the more you have to worry about in life. Literally, you're going to worry about a lot more things. Ecclesiastes 5.12, a verse later says, The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. The money of the rich, the, the abundance that the rich has, he'll be up all night worrying about that and thinking about it and not being able to sleep. It brings anxiety by always wanting more. Now, I never have to worry about someone breaking into my beach house. Did you know that? I never have to worry about somebody breaking into my beach house. You wanna know why? I don't own a beach house, right? I don't have to worry about that because I don't own that. The more money you have, the more you have to worry about. That's number three. But then number four, we also see always wanting more brings more conflicts in your life. It leads to fights in the home. Because if you're always wanting more, it's going to cause divisions between husband and wife. That's just how it works. Proverbs 15, 27 says, He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house. It literally troubles his own house by always wanting more. Now, you guys know this, but the number one cause of divorce is financial tension. It is. Financial tension is the number one cause of divorce. It used to be till death do us parts, but it's now till debt do us part. It leads to more conflicts by always wanting more. Discontentment leads to more conflict, but then it also leads to more dissatisfaction. You are going to be dissatisfied if you're always wanting more. You're going to be let down because once you get what you're working toward, you are wanting something else as soon as that's done. 
You're always going to want more. It's never going to be good enough. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. If you love silver, you're not going to be satisfied. You're always going to want more. You're always going to want more. It will lead to more dissatisfaction. And if you combine all of these things, more fatigue, more expenses, more anxiety, more conflict, more dissatisfaction, you want to know what you'll experience? You'll experience stress in life. And we're looking at how to overcome stress in our life, not bring on stress. Amen? We need to be content because without it, we're going to be stressed out. So discontentment leads to stress. But not only that, discontentment also leads to sin. Did you know lack of contentment leads to sin? It really does. That's what the Bible says. The Ten Commandments, the tenth one on the list is the, is thou shalt not covet. Coveting means the uncontrolled desire to acquire, not being content, always wanting more, comparing yourself to others. You know, if you ever compared yourself to your neighbor or your friends and you wanted what they had, you broke the Tenth Commandment on the list. You coveted. Comparing leads to covetousness. Now we can say, oh, I would never murder somebody. I would never do that. But literally the same commandments that say thou shalt not murder also says thou shalt not covet. Coveting is a sin in your life. Discontentment leads to stress and discontentment leads to sin. So that's the significance of contentment. It's why it's so important. It's a blessing to be content. It is not a blessing. It's a burden to be discontent. But then secondly, I want you to notice the secret of contentment. The secret of contentment in the Christian life. Now, the Apostle Paul gives us the secret in Philippians chapter 4. You know, he gives us the instruction manual on how to overcome stress, worry, and anxiety in our life. And he gives us the secret to, to contentment in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Now, I love how he breaks this down for you and for me. Look at Philippians 4.11. He says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. The Apostle Paul is saying, I'm in prison. Things aren't looking good, but I've learned to be content. He was content no matter what. But it's interesting, that term, for I have learned there, in the Greek was actually a play on words, and it means I found the hidden truth. He's literally like being funny, and he's saying, All right, guys. I've got the secret. Pay attention. I've got the secret to contentment. It's right here. It's right there. And then he starts to build it up in verse 12, even a little bit more. And he says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. In the good times and the bad times, I'm content. I've got the secret, you guys. Pay attention. And then he goes on to give us the secret in Philippians 4.13. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. He's saying, I've got the secret. It's not some cool, awesome method. It's just doing things through Jesus Christ, letting Jesus Christ work and live through me because that's where contentment is developed from. It's not something that we can just make up on our own. It is from Jesus Christ and him alone. And that's the verse in Philippians 4.13. That's actually the context. It's talking about contentment. It's literally saying, I can be content in all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. It has to do with contentment. Now, this is something that you and I have in our hearts and in our life. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, and you now have that fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all of those gifts in your hearts, and you can experience that in your life. And the same goes with contentment. 
God has given us the gift of contentment in our hearts, and the way to experience this contentment in our life is cultivating it. It's working up what God has worked in our life. It's letting Jesus Christ work and live through us. And there's some ways to do that, all right? And so we're going to look at five ways to cultivate contentment. Five ways we can experience this contentment in our life. Number one, we need to fill our life with Jesus Christ. Filling our life with Jesus Christ, that is the key. Verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The riches are by Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Again, it's only through Jesus Christ. We need to fill our hearts, fill our mind, and fill our life with him. Because the more you're filled with Jesus Christ, the more content you will be. Without it, you won't be content. With it, you will be content. It's kind of like gas in your car. You've got that gas tank filled up to the brim. Your car's content. But once you start to run out of gas, the light comes on. It starts beeping. It starts yelling at you, right? Chugging a little bit. It wants some gas. It's discontent. And the same way goes with us. The more we're hanging around Jesus Christ, the more we're filling our life with Jesus Christ, we will be content. But... If we're not filling our life with Jesus Christ, we will be discontent. It goes hand in hand. We need to fill our life with Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It takes being filled by Jesus Christ, living life and letting Jesus Christ live through us. That's number one. But then number two, we need to enjoy what God has given us. Man, God has blessed us so much. He has blessed us with so many blessings, and we need to enjoy what he's given us in life. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good and every perfect gift comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from heaven. It comes from our heavenly Father. Amen. Everything that we have and own. And God wants us to enjoy that. God has blessed us so much, and he says, I want you to enjoy the blessings that I've given you. Man, think about the blessings. Think about the joy. You start to do that, you're going to start to realize how awesome God is, how amazing God is, and how much he's blessed you, and you're going to be content. That's number two. Enjoy what God has given you. But then number three, you need to remember that life is not about things. Life is not about things whatsoever. In Luke 12, 15, Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. He's saying life is not about things. You want to know something? Life is not about riches. It's about relationships. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, spending time with him, but not only that, our relationship with others. Life is about relationships. Spending time with one another, spending time with our family, it goes a long way. It's an amazing thing to spend time with our friends and family. Remember, life is not about things. That's number three. But then number four, you need to focus on what lasts forever. Focusing on the eternal, not the temporal. Focusing on God, focusing on the things above and not on things of this earth. Because every possession that we have is temporary. Everything else is going to go away but there's only two things that will last forever in life, and that's God's word and people. We need to focus on those two things. God's word, that's always going to be here. The Bible says that the Bible says in Isaiah 48, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. 
Matthew 24, 25, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. God's word will be here a million years from now, a thousand years from now. He, it will always be here. So we should get to know God's word. God's word lasts forever. But not only that, people last forever as well. People will spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. That's the case, heaven or hell. You know, and you can say, Michael, do you really believe in hell? Yes, I do. Jesus spoke more about hell than he did on heaven. Now, why did he do that? He did it because he didn't want you to go there. So therefore, we need to tell people about Jesus Christ because he is the only way to heaven. Focus on that. Focus on what lasts forever. God's word and people. Point people to Jesus Christ. It will go a long way and it will bring contentment in your life. That's number four. And then number five, you need to find your sufficiency in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is where contentment comes from. We need to find our sufficiency in him. The Bible says in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We shall not want for anything in life through Jesus Christ. He is where we get our sufficiency from. And the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 3, that all spiritual blessings are in heavenly places in Christ. Every blessing that we'll have, our riches, the stuff that causes us to be content, they're in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. In Christ is key to finding your sufficiency. In fact, the Apostle Paul used the expression in Christ in his epistles 164 times. 164 times he said, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. It is the key to contentment in the Christian life because we experience riches and blessings and unsearchable, unsearchable riches in our life in Jesus Christ. And that's why we can be content. You see, in Christ, we have a love that can never be fathomed, a life that can never die, a righteousness that can never be tarnished, a peace that can never be understood, a rest that can never be disturbed, a joy that can never be diminished, a hope that can never be disappointed, a glory that can never be clouded, a light that can never be darkened, a happiness that can never be interrupted, a purity that can never be defiled, a beauty that can never be marred, a wisdom that can never be baffled, and resources that can never be exhausted. That's what comes from Jesus Christ. Find your sufficiency in him. So that's the secret of contentment. And then number three, and I'm done, I want you to notice the satisfaction of contentment. Did you know contentment brings satisfaction in your life? It really does. I looked up the Greek word for contentment, and it's also translated satisfied, adequate, or sufficient. Literally, the word contentment is also the word for satisfaction. Contentment, satisfaction, they go hand in hand, amen? Satisfaction comes from contentment. 